And now, welcome to The Approach with Jeremy Seaholm, Danny Finn. Welcome to The Approach Podcast, episode number 51, where thanks to Dan Esdale, we now know where we stand. What we if he was had, wrong and we're just, we're just winging it? This is true, but... We just had our 50th episode with Jeff Surrett, and this week we have the main ACST division champion, Mark Weber. What's going on, Mark? Not too much, you guys. Living the dream. Living yeah. The dream, waiting for his food. <laughs> came, right, came right as we started. Oh, did it? I, I mean, this is like the second time that, that, that you know, like your, your food has been like an hour late. Yeah, it's terrible. It's very disappointing, and I feel like it's on purpose. <laughs> um, well, Mark, uh, you just won the main ACST division championship. Um, basically, we just kind of go back and talk about how you got into the game. Like, did you did you bowl in the youth leagues? Anything like that? So I didn't start bowling till I was uh, seventeen. I've been bowling for eight years now. So roughly, let's see, I didn't start taking it, taking it serious until 2019, really. I was 108 average, and then I went in to go bowl the outrun the bear, the singles, and play seventh, and then I got asked to be on a world's team, and that was pretty cool, so. Well, I remember when you showed up to Wasn't to it Clark? the bear. Yeah, Clark it was. Clark brought you, right? Yep. Yep. He kind of brought me up into that scratch tournament. Well, I remember when you came to Millis for the for that tournament, and uh, yeah, you tore the place apart. Yeah, it was fun. Should go there now. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I would love to. It's like five and a half hours away I'm from me. So. Trying to talk him into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, if Calvin can make it down from Nova Scotia at some point, or New Brunswick, where the wherever the northern area Calvin's from. Yeah. <laughs> Canada. Uh, Canada. Yes. Northern Canada. I'll probably be down there for the pro series. The trick is to get like, nice. I was gonna say the trick is to find like two or three other people to go and just make a road trip out. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. But what got you what got you you said you didn't start till seventeen. What what got you into the game? So actually my brother in law had just been talking about it and I was like, Oh, that sounds fun. So I went to go do it with him one time and my very first game, I remember it was a 42. I was like, holy cow, I suck at this. I'm just awful. Then I kind of like just got addicted to it and bowled in the league. I think I averaged like 67 my very first year, and then it was like 85. Then I kind of plateaued at like 90s for like a year and a half to two years. That's so. that's a pretty impressive impressive rise. Like, like how old are you now? I'm 25 now. You're 25. Okay, so you started eight years ago, and you yep. know, within eight years, you you know, you've done pretty well for yourself. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> so, so I gotta ask, you know, with with the quick rise that you have, like, how many 700s do you have? Five now. So my very first 700 you have was five. 714. So you're five. you're 25 years old. You've thrown five 700s. What, how old were you when you threw your first 700? Oh, uh, that was three years ago. Three, so you were 22. Jeremy, how old were you when you threw your first 700? <laughs> For six? <laughs> For eight? <laughs> <laughs> 
that I mean that, now, that that's crazy. I could be wrong on this. Are you from New England? Or? I'm from California originally. So So you never had the opportunity to bowl um candle no, as a youth. No, I've lived in Maine basically my whole life. I just Okay. I, I, I did I didn't even know it was a sport until eight years ago. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I thought bowling With was like pin pin game, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what a hell of a time to get into bowling 2019. And, you know, you're, you say, I'm going to bowl competitively. I'm going to go do this out on the bear. I come in seventh. I feel like I got a good stretch. And then the world shut off. Yeah, no shit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> how, like, so yeah, how what was a that time up? to be competitive at bowling. But like, how was that up in up in Maine? Were they a little more... Max with with the not really no no so when we were bowl, when we were bowling league it was kind of stupid because so Bangor Brewer has twenty four lanes mm-hmm. and it was like you can only use lanes one three five yeah. you know every other I it kind of was like well what's the point to bowl if you can't really right. bowl next mm-hmm. to somebody then. What are you doing? Well, I, I think we we were able to use pairs, but we had to do every other pair. Yeah, we were every other lane. Yeah, it was like so. Good, which didn't make sense because you you were still going to have like ten people that were like, in a group <laughs> yeah. like right next to each other. Yeah, and, you know it was it, it was a crazy crazy time. It almost feels like it didn't even happen sometimes. Oh, I, I still think my favorite. I think my favorite. Uh, example of that and i think jeremy you were the one that brought this up was at least where we were bowling you had to wear masks at all time um while you're bowling on the lane off the lane everything like that and not to get into any of this political uh conversation because we'll lose half our audience no matter what side we pick but i think jeremy you brought up the point that a lot of the bowlers went out to eat afterwards where once you sit down there's no mask mandate anymore so you're all bowling in an alley with 10 people and you all have to be masked, but then you all get in your own cars, drive to a restaurant, and sit down side by side. No masks required. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was. It was a weird time. I will just we can go there. It was a very weird time. Yeah, I think we were all trying to figure it out together. Oh, I, I think we still are. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So now. We've talked to a couple people just because, you know, I feel like usually we start way back kids and stuff like that. But we, we get to skip a lot of that with you because you never had experience when yep. when you were did the alley off at all um, up there in Maine or um, were you able to bowl right through? So I if I remember correctly, it I know the alleys like shut down for a month and a half, two months, something like that. So, yeah. And were you, you had that time off where you were like itching back in the game, game where you're saying, like, oh, oh I, man, just getting involved. I was ready because, so we, I think we were expecting Jay at that time, my little man. And it was like, okay, well, I don't know how much I'm going to be able to bowl. Because I went from bowling three leagues a week to one league a week. And it's like, oh, maybe I won't be able to excel to where I want to be, to be able to, to, to be able to compete with all the greats. Well, I don't think you necessarily need to bowl three times a week, like personally to me. Yep. I mean, at this point, I'm only bowling once every two months. <laughs> yeah. So like, where, where are you bowling now? 
I bowl in Bangerboro lanes. So I'm bowling a league with Colin Courtney in the summertime. Yeah. And and then in the wintertime I bowl with the Huffs and Christy and Carl with them and it's a fun group. So like obviously like you know where you know down here there's a lot more like alleys a lot more close to each other. Like how far is like each alley from you? Oh, Bangor Brew is the closest and it's about a half hour. Well, that's not too bad. And if I go to Augusta, we're talking about two hours, two and a half hours. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not as bad as like like when Calvin was saying, like alleys are, you know, hours and hours apart from each other. Yeah. So it's not often you get to, you know, try out different houses or bowl, bowl leagues in different houses. Yeah, absolutely. Now who? Uh, who? You said you were picking. Trying to get tournament going. Like, what was that, Dan? I was gonna say when you're trying to get tournaments going, when you're trying to get tournaments going, and you're pulling from different houses, like it's tough sell. You know, trying to get bowlers to drive. You know, the closest alley to your alley, two hours away. Like, hey, you want a couple and you know a thirty dollar handicap tournament? It's only gonna take you two hours to get there, two hours back, plus the time bowling. It's a tough sell. Yeah, absolutely. So when you said you were picked up on a uh, world's team in 2019, who uh, who'd you bowl with? So Nate Lees had asked me to bowl with prices that year. It was right. Lees, Steve Latch, TJ. I think Freshy was on the team. Yep. McGinty and yeah, Temi. Yeah, those were that was a good. Um, I remember that was a good team. Absolutely, it was a fun team. Like I, I learned a lot, so. Oh, of course. I mean, isn't trying to think of um, how to word it, but yeah, no, just bowling with guys that have been around or better than you. I mean, you, you soak that up like a sponge. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now was that that was twenty nineteen? So that that was in Canada then, right? Yep, Moncton. Nice and. So after that, you uh, you bowled with was it Carbo's Carbo's team? Yeah. So I actually didn't bowl with them until 2021 because I couldn't. I so I couldn't go up to Portsmouth because my little man was just born. Yeah. And I couldn't. To be honest, at that point, I was like, I couldn't financially afford to do it. It's a lot of money. So a lot of money, and it's a lot of time away to leave with just my wife with a pretty much a newborn. A lot of stress that she shouldn't just have to deal with. So, oh yeah, no, that that I think for most people that that wouldn't fly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah. here, you know, you just you have a two month old. I'm going to bowl for a week. See you later. Absolutely, I could probably get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> my doors would be changed when I got home. Oh yeah, <laughs> chained in my. Only I was good enough. <laughs> one day, Danny. One day. <laughs> um. So, you know, going back, and I, and I don't know if this is how you got on the team, but I've noticed it too. Where it seems like um, the trip up to Canada. And I don't know if the inverse is true for Canadians when when the world is in a, in the U.S., but it feels like that's where a lot of people kind of get their spot because you know maybe you have one or two guys that are normally on your team can't go up there. Um, and that seems like where a lot of get 
from the United States can kind of go up there to Canada and get their first chops at it. Is that like something that other people have noticed too? Or, or oh, I've noticed people on Worlds and seem to be their first year going up here. I think so. Yeah. Jeremy, was your first year in Canada? Yeah, my first year was in 2003 in Halifax. Yeah, I see a lot, a lot of bombs get their first shot. It's in- we, dro- we, we drove the whole way. It was, I think I think this year I might actually fly because I don't want to sit in a car for eight hours. Oh, wow. But that's just me. Um, so, in, I mean, leading up to the time when you actually started to bowl really, really well, what did, what did you do to work on your game to get to get better to get to get to that next level? So, actually, my my mentor Jim Pendergast, he uh, he kind of just brought me up to the next level, and I, I didn't even know what a a three like a three step approach was at that point. I had no clue what a approach was. I was just doing like seven steps, not a clue. And Jimmy goes, "Well, let's just let's just work on this and focus on that." So I focused on the three steps, and I saw my average go from like 103 to 108, something like that. And then I jumped up and I bowled that outrun the bear, and then I bowled my first pro series, the singles and millis again. Then I ended up winning that. I bowled my high three, high five, and what would have been my high ten that day if I bowled another string. So. Yeah, well, I remember there was like a very short stretch where you, you were in Millis a couple of times because I think that was the only time I had really seen you until probably Worlds this past year. Yeah. And um, I just remember thinking, I'm like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> just, you know, you watch out for this kid. And, the, you know, obviously you've done a you know, some awesome things. I keep seeing, like, you, you'll you post on the, the Facebook page, you know, oh, like, I threw this, I threw that. Like, holy hell. Um, oh, um. <laughs> oh, um. Yeah. But I, I noticed I noticed this year, at least at Worlds anyway, it looked like, you know, you guys had a, you know, a good gelling team. Uh, I mean, you guys were fired up every time I looked over. Like, it, like what, what was your experience, you know, this past year? I'd say it was awesome just to be able to go up with a group of guys that I know that I can learn a lot from. There's there's a lot of experience on the team, not just in bowling, but in life, you know, like, okay, we lost it. We lost that match. Don't let it affect us the next one. Or to me, I, I was always like, oh man, okay. We lost that string because of myself. I missed this nine drop, these two pins. I put a, a one load two box up there, you know. Yeah, but everybody can say the same thing though. Absolutely, and that's what Mark Carrier tells me. And you know, you know, you miss two nine drops, or you know, Lapierre has like a two fill, or just, like you, you can yeah. pick you can pick apart every single ball that everybody threw. You know, and that's and that's why it's a team game. Hundred percent. Um, so, so Dan decided to come up with the the main ACST. Like, who who was basically in charge of running that? Was that Carrier? No. So it was myself and Matt Huff. Matt Huff. Oh, that's right. It was Matt Huff. 
And just to be able to find 12 bolos to do it last year was quite the excellent. You had 16. Or 16, however many it was. It it was a lot. (laughs) Because we just, we have the bolos, but we don't have the bolos that would drive. And I I don't know. It's hard to explain. No, no, I I get it. When, When Dan said there was interest... In doing the ACST, like main division, my first thought was, I'm like, are you going to get, you know, 12 guys are going to want to do that? Oh, absolutely. That are going to travel. Because, I mean, like I said, like the alleys aren't close to each other at all. No, yeah. Right. I do have to say, though, like you guys did a fantastic job. Like I kind of got to the point where I had to hands off that a little bit um, because, you know, I don't there's only so much you can reach somebody that's however, you know, six hours away from you and you guys were able to kind of get that going. I know, you know, you guys fell a little bit behind as far as getting your matches done and stuff like that. And a lot of noise coming from people, which I found funny had no bearing on the outcome. A lot of mass guys, you know, writing, Oh, you know, is May never going to get done. Maybe it'll be done by next season, but you guys were able to get it done. Like, um, I'm not really sure where all that was coming from, from, you know, guys that, because we weren't, we talked about at the beginning of the season about the idea that the finals was going to be. We had a couple of options. I don't know if you remember where we talked about yep. would there be a main north and a main south, and the winners of those two would bowl each other. The down here, the north and the south would bowl each other. Then the two winners would go head to head against each other. We talked about a three person finals between. So it would have been at this point, it would be Waters versus uh, Bopre versus you. Um, and I know you and Huff seem to say like, let's just let us do our own thing for the first year, <laughs> kind of figure out where we're at. And, um, you know, and I think Huff said, I don't want to interfere with anything you guys already have going just in case we have our own hiccups, Yeah, but we didn't do that. So I don't understand why there was so much, uh, so many people paying attention to when you guys were getting your playoff matches started. I think, I, I think people tend to focus on a lot more negativity than positivity in yeah. the candle world. Like I like I'm not I'm not bashing anybody or anything. No. It's just we, we tend to pick each other apart more than mm-hmm. lift each other up. So Yeah. Now so you you brought that up and one you have a very infamous throw. Can we talk about that? I do, huh? You do. It's on tick it's on multiple TikToks. Oh no, um, I don't oh no. Can we oh. talk about this at all or no? Absolutely. I mean if you want to. So Every once in a while, one gets away from you. You know, you, you airmail it, you lob it a little bit. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen, at least live, um, a ball go through the ceiling. Yeah. You've seen a pin go through the ceiling? You've seen a pin go through the ceiling? Todd Trumpus. Like on purpose? Oh, no. He was he was trying to throw it. He was trying to throw it back down the lane, and he held on to it, and it went straight up into the into the ceiling at fairway and there's just like a small round hole where it just came freaking crashing down jeez <laughs> all right well i've never seen either of those things happen so so what happened did you stick did you was it no. a lot lighter than you expected not at all no so i see tim t- tim Matera all the time just stop mid-approach well, I didn't like my approach from the beginning of it, so I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna stop." Well, I stopped, but my hand did, and my arm did not. So I just kept going, and the ball came out, and I was, I was so embarrassed. I was like, "This is awful." So I just focused on my phone for a few minutes, and 
all of a sudden I see Mike McIntosh make a post of, oh, man, you wouldn't believe what just happened to this money match. I was like, oh, my God. you got to be fucking with me. But you, did, you know, it, like, shit like that happens to us. And for the most part, like, people will bust your balls. But, I mean, it, it for the most part, it comes from a place of love, I guess. You know, Oh, yeah. It's family. Right. Exactly. I mean... I mean, constantly, you know, I see the ball go backwards, right? A guy loses a grip and the ball goes backwards and you have the famous like, ah, oh, the pins are that way. I've seen that. I, I saw a guy at Millis. I don't know if you remember that, Jeremy, where a ball went backwards, almost killed a guy because he bent down to get the ball. Do you remember this? Oh, I was thinking of somebody else. Oh, a guy leaned down to get a ball. And as he leaned down, a ball went right in front of his face. Was it by someone who I'm thinking of? Uh, he doesn't bowl in our league anymore. Always ordered Bud Light. Is that who we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. And it wasn't <laughs> the alcohol of why that happened. We'll leave it at that. That'll be an off the air conversation. And then, but yeah, he air mailed it backwards, like vertically, like straight across, and yeah. almost took somebody out by the face. Oh man! So at least you didn't put anybody in harm's way. <laughs> this is this is true. This is true. Oh, so. But, you know, you move on and you pick up the ball and you, all you can do is move forward. But I mean, well, the ball, the, the ball never came back down from the ceiling tile. It just stayed up there. Did it, so I was going to ask that. So did somebody <laughs> did have to go up there and get it? Or? So, yeah, we had Steven grab a ladder and go up. And um, I can't unlive the moment. And then they <laughs> took down the ceiling tile and they made me sign it. And then it's back up there, taped together with my signature up <laughs> there. See, there you, there you go. Like you're etched in That's history. love, though. That's uh, love. If they didn't like you, you'd have been thrown out, and that would be the end of you at that bowling alley. Like, uh, you only do that with the people you love. It was my home alley, too. What alley is that? Is that was it Augusta? No, nope, all play in Belfast. Oh, I've never been in all play. Yep. Who are you bowling? I, <laughs> actually, I was bowling carrier. What's the, the ruling? Is it is it a ball? Like, is that a zero? Like, I mean, it was just over for me. I was I didn't want to throw another ball in that box. I was like, that box is oval. I don't want it. <laughs> was it your first ball? No, it was three boxes in in my third box. Very, very – no, my second ball because I was going for a spare. Technically, you should still have gotten your third ball. I mean, and I, 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 yeah. I was fine with taking like the 18 half and being done. <laughs> like This was embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, we, did you I mean, end up we, winning the money match or no? We did end up winning the money match, yeah. <laughs> we were down like 42 pins going into that. And then that happened and that, everything just fell into place. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, maybe we got the nerves out. I, I don't know. Man. But I mean, we've all done like some stupid crap like that. Like, I mean, I've left my, my shoe booty on and I literally like Bobby Ord to the to the lob line and threw a strike. That was that was that was a good day. That hurt like hell. Yeah, the only only thing I can think of that I did similar was I remember it was almost my turn. Somebody asked if I was paying for the league. It was was a Thursday night league. And I was like, oh, I never got, you know, my wallet's in my car. And I put my shoes on. I ran outside. And then somebody said, it's your turn. I said, sounds good. I walked up there and literally on my second step, I thought to myself, I don't think I ever switched my shoes back out. And I just planted and went right, (laughs) right down. So that was my, uh. That's the only thing I can think of. I haven't let a ball go backwards yet, but I talk so much shit about it, so I know it's bound to happen. 
it's it's inevitable. Yeah, I I, I taught for the amount of heckling I do to people. I think I'm in for a rude awakening when karma comes back to bite me for our, for all I make fun of people for. <laughs> so, like, so okay. I was gonna ask, how did you get into doing the ACST? Like, because you guys approached me with that one. That wasn't something that I came up and said. Does anybody in Maine want to run one? Where did that kind of stem from? The interest in that. I think it was just to see if we can get something else going in Maine, something more competitive. And now we have two scratch leagues so like i think it's easier for people to do a once month league than the acst yeah because i haven't heard any buzz i I assumed you guys weren't coming back because i haven't heard anything from anybody as far as that goes so are you going to be the one and only ever acst champion from maine maybe i hope not (laughs) hopefully it comes back someday we Maybe were, not this no, year, but this year, you know? I think you guys should look into especially if you guys are going to become your own thing. Um, you know, the first year we did the ACST, what's now known as the B-level, but it was the semi-pro back then. It was 12 bowlers. That was it. And, you know, we kind of did a weird home and away thing um, with position night. Um, but I think I talked to you and, and Matt about, you know, the potential of going to 20 bowlers instead of 10. I'm sorry, instead of 16, but having – 10 in the A, 10 in the B, and then you just have nine home, nine and away. Because I think with your scratch league, what you're still missing that I think the ACST kind of gives that a lot of leagues don't have is that um, feeder system. You know, you guys don't have that B or C, which is that level of, you know, I want to be competing against people my own level, um, but I'm not Mark Carrier. I'm not, you know, Mark Weber. I'm not, you know, you're not one of those guys. Um, but you can bowl against the one rose, you know, but then you bowl in a handicap league and you go up against somebody with a 62 average who drops a hundred on you. And you're like, well, this was a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So I think, I think there is something to that. I think maybe if you guys want to come back into it of, of lowering the the number, but spreading out the, um, the classes a little bit. Yeah. So, but going through the seat, it's definitely something Matt and I can talk about. Yeah, it doesn't have to be this year. I mean, obviously, if you guys ever you know, want to take a year off and revisit it down the stretch, like I'd totally be cool with that. That's if I'm still running it. I keep joking with people, but it's true. Where if somebody wants to vote me out, Jeremy, uh, they're more than welcome to uh, to take that league over. <laughs> Dude, do you know how hard, how hard it took you know you to get me to actually join the league? I ain't taking it over. <laughs> It was a lot of work. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I hound people. That's how I get people to bowl, Mark, is but, I just hound them to death till they finally just get sick of telling me no. He would literally just, just it would be just a message in Facebook every single day, ACST, question mark. <laughs> every day. See, it's not hard getting the bowlers. You just have to be, you have to allow yourself to be as annoying as possible. <laughs> but, but, you know, you mentioned that you wanted there to be more competitive stuff. I mean, I remember when I first came up in the, like the WCBZ and stuff, Maine had their own pro tour. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many bowlers they had, but I mean, granted Maine had, you know, probably at least five or six more bowling alleys too. It was easier to yeah. travel to. Cause I mean, at least you still had, I mean, you still had Saco of uh, vacation land. I don't know, is Biddeford still open or not? 
I I have no clue. It's <laughs> I never got to bowl in Biddeford, Pittsfield, or any places like that. Yeah, the only two I I bowled I bowled in uh, Vacation Land and I bowled in Sanford. Those are the only two houses in Maine that I've bowled in. Which I think San was well, Sanford's not called Bowl of Ram anymore, right? Uh, Sanford it, it is Bowl of Ram. Oh, yeah. Still Bowl of Ram. Okay, that's yeah. Um, I get yelled at when I put the wrong O or A, depending on which one I'm posting about. Uh, <laughs> One's Bowl O Rama and the other's Bowl A Rama. That's um, uh, that's. Owen's place, right? Yep, OJ and yeah. Will Haskell bowls there, and a few other. That's where I have my high ten. Oh yeah, and I finished sixteenth. Oh, high ten. <laughs> I threw thirteen twenty, and I was sixteenth. I'm like, what? <laughs> I want to say there was like seven fourteen hundreds that day. It was crazy. It was absolutely That's crazy. Like- that's two seven hundreds in the same day. Yeah, you know what? Like good bowlers do that. <laughs> it, I, want, I wish I could remember who won it. Uh, I want to say Poolin, maybe. Might have been Mike Poolin, but it, I just remember going. I, I had two thirteen hundreds that year. One was at Academy, and I want to say I finished just out of cashing. And then the second one, I was like 16th, uh, and then I threw 1290 in out in Western Mass, and I finished 24th. Oh, I, do, do I, just, I can't even – I can't fathom that because 1240 caches, if not wins, <laughs> it's close, you know? But, yeah, I mean, this was 2004. So, I mean, you still had – like Carrington was still bowling. You know, Morgan was still bowling. Um, that he, a lot of good guys from you know the TV era were still bowling and and bowling well. Hmm. Yeah, and we've had people on the podcast too that also say that houses used to move a little bit better as well. And I've even heard Matero say it on the podcast on his podcast <laughs> that he throws the ball harder now than he did back when he was coming up because he doesn't think he gets the same action on the ball um, that he did when he was much younger. I could, yeah, I could see that. So that's why I, I joke was, with people when they say Millis is fast. I say, you know, if you uh, if you want to know what bowling in the '90s is like, come to Millis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, uh, we had a few questions. Uh, Daly wants to know who are some of the people you looked up to, you know, in bowling. I think you already mentioned who kind of got you into the game, but you know, who are some of the people that you did like look up to? So. When I first started bowling, and still, I still look up to them now, is Lou Dyer, like Jim Pendergast was a big one. He was, he he kind of brought me up and taught me how to bowl, what to do when I bowl, don't act like an idiot when I bowl, and stuff like that, so. Um, let's see. Uh, Laura Weber, which I assume is a relative my mother okay. i didn't want to i didn't want to assume so and I, I didn't like click on the on the profile but uh again you know who are your role models and how do you keep a mind how do you keep a clear mind you know i really don't know i truly do not know i just i just go up there and throw my few boxes and it's over <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the best way to do it. Like, don't think. It's short memory. It, You know, the, 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 the less you think, the better off you are. And, you know, I kind of had the same kind of teacher from, you know, where I grew up and where's, you know, basically don't act like an idiot. I mean, I got I got pulled off the lane for tapping the ball rack with my foot as like a 10 year old and told to go wait in the car. And yeah, not to say I've never done it since. I mean, I have a couple of <laughs> no, times, but but it's, it's yeah. you know, very, very rare. And that's something that, you know, I try not to, you know, try oh, to absolutely. Keep going, you know, but I I remember when I was bowling a best box tournament with Jim and we were sitting 97 at a ball at the half and I was I came off the lane oh, pissed, kicking stuff. I was I, I, now I'm like, why? Why did I do that? After a ninety seven it, it is a ninety seven in a ball half. Did you miss something? <laughs> no, I, I I think it's because I only got four of the five and I wanted all five. Huh? <laughs> It's a team team event, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I remember uh, there was a best box in Lincoln. that first box, right? <laughs> yeah. I know um, at the best box at Lakeside, I know Dan Gothier was born with Matt Taylor. And at one point, uh, shoe and ripped off like eight in a row uh, where he was either getting, you know, 10 strikes or spares. And so at one point he looks back at Matt and he goes, you know, you're allowed to get one of these for me, right? <laughs> I don't have to do all the work. <laughs> That's too funny. So and Matt goes, I, some of those fills were mine. Like <laughs> just <laughs> <a> fine. <laughs> so I do want to recap um, because obviously, you know, one of the big reasons we had you on was for winning the ACST championship as we go through our, uh, ACST winner list, you know, you, uh, so we took eight from the playoffs. So who's, um, I used to, I had the sheet up. Who was your first round matchup against? It was against Matt Huff in Belfast. All right. So I just pulled that up now. So your first match that wasn't six seventy nine to five eighty seven. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. So Matt, he knew he was going to be on vacation during the finals and just said, Hey Mark, you did a great job. Help me run the league. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> just, in the uh, finals. You can have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, your second round, you had a hell of a, uh, a showing with a, is that a six twelve? <laughs> just about <laughs> oh, seven twelve. I'm sorry, seven twelve. So that's one of his five seven hundreds, Jeremy. Uh, against Kai Hunt, Kai just had come off uh, a seven hundred. I think at the end of the season, I think he had seven on the nose. He did. Uh, yeah. Was that in that at Newport? That was Newport. That place is. I mean, I heard that it, moves. It doesn't even feel like a bowling alley, to be quite honest. So it's, that's what I've heard through the grapevine that that you can put up some big numbers. Yeah, fast. Now, going to that, and going to that semifinal match. Was there any nerves going on? You're bowling at Kai's house. You know, you know that it's a fast house where somebody could catch a lot of breaks. You obviously can catch a lot of breaks. Was there any nerves going into that match at all, or did you feel comfortable? You're both young young bowlers. I mean, I was bowling well before that. I bowled well in Belfast, and if I said if I throw close to the ball, I'm throwing now. I'll be able to score well and do well, and maybe be able to beat Kai at his home house because he's comfortable there. Yeah. Oh. And then you have one of the best finals matches. So, Jeremy, I don't know if you know this, but we had four ACST finals, A, B, C, and Maine. Yep. And two of the final matches came down to one pin. 
Really? Jeff Little over Fabrizio Smith, 551 to 550. And the ACST main, uh, I won't spoil it because I want to go through the whole thing. So you open up. So it's Mark versus Mark. I just want to get in your head a little bit about how this all went down. Did you follow this at all, Jeremy? I followed a little bit. So obviously you're going to know the winner because we have Jumbo on. Uh, so Carrier opens up the 160 oh, uh, to your 148. So you hung in yeah. there. Was there any nerves going in there? Mark Carrier, you know, he's definitely got the name. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of the best bowlers up there right now. Um, oh, and- he opens up with a 160. Any nerves set in at that point? Or do you think, you know, I'm still hanging on? You know, I was just thinking, I was like, I, I just bowled 148 and I'm d- down 12 pins. How the <laughs> hell am I going to beat this guy? <laughs> like, Yeah, but you could and, also look, and, you could look at it as though, like, you know, he just threw 160 and I'm only down 12 pins. True, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely the two ways you can look at that. Uh, string two, though, told a little bit of a different tale. So <laughs> Mark Carrier follows up his 160 with a 152. So he's at 312 after two, and you finish, follow up your 148 with a 105. So <laughs> yeah. after, after two strings, it's 312 to 253. Do you think part of that was the fact that you threw the 148 and was down the 12 pins, and you're thinking, like, you know, I'm throwing my, you know, my best ball against this guy, and I'm still down? I, I think the biggest part of it was that I missed, like, four nine drops back to back to back, and I was so upset about missing yeah. the fourth run, I, I just – didn't forget about it. Just let it bother me the rest of the match. Well, the rest of the strain. Yeah. And then, uh, so again, you're down 59. Um, that's a, that's, you could easily pack it up and go home at that point. You know, carrier's got three twelve after two, you know, you have a respectable two fifty three. You're still averaging a buck 25, but it's easy to just say, Hey, I made it to the finals. I did a good job. He left the door a little bit open here and throws a one Oh seven. You answer with one twenty seven, eating back 20 of those pens. You starting mm-hmm. to feel any momentum, or are you still feeling like, yeah, if I got those nine drops, I would have been. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of felt lucky because he missed a few shots that he should have had. Yeah, but did you feel like momentum was starting to shift in your direction at that point, or did it still feel like thirty nine pins was maybe too much to come back from? I guess I kind of just felt stuck. Yeah, yeah. if it makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, string four was basically a wash. He got a pin back, 140 to 139. I mean, you guys are putting up crazy numbers at this point. You're hitting him with his be- your best punch, and you know he's answering pretty much everything that you have except for that string. And then that last string, and talk me through this a little bit, you wrap it up with a 167. Go, You're down 40, you throw 167, and he's home, so he, he's got the back five. Do you remember what he was at at the half at that point? Ball so park. I think I think I was at. Uh, let's see. Oh man, I was at eighty-three in the ball at the half. I went five mocks in a row, and he was at sixty. I think he was at sixty-seven in a ball or mid sixties. Yeah. So he needs one twenty-seven to tie, one twenty-eight to win. How comfortable were you feeling at that point? Well, I said I need four out of five, my back half, to have a chance. And I no, went three once, out of five. Once you sat down, how how were you feeling? Did you feel like you, you wrapped it up? Did you feel like... Uh, 
You you mean going into like my last game after I do so, my one? No, so you throw you throw the one sixty seven. You sit down. Okay, He's okay. got five boxes to go, right? Well, he needs so, so he needs fifty eight pins to tie, fifty nine to win. Yeah, I already said to myself, well, I lost that. <laughs> I like, would, you know, when a guy throws one sixty, one fifty two, we'll throw away the one hundred seven and a one forty. <laughs> I'm probably thinking, yeah, he's going to get a 60 half. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're a carrier needing two marks. I mean, that, that should be in the bag. Oh, nothing yeah. there. <laughs> and it's his house. Like, it's literally his and house. And it's his house. Yeah, exactly. And by yeah. literally, he owns that, right? No, he owns Augusta. So oh, we did. You guys bowling? Oh, that's right. You guys were bowling neutral neutral, house. Uh, Newport, right? Yep. That's right. Yep. You guys were at a neutral house. Yep. Um, okay, so that makes it a little bit better. So it's not like he's got his own house. And so how did that last box go? So he got a mark in the seventh, punched out the spread eagle, seven box. I do the math. I'm like, okay, well, he still needs two because he didn't pin out well. And then he gets one. He, he gets a mark in the ninth, puts nine on it, makes it. Needs nine, needs 10 to win. That was the last ball, and I thought it was a bomb. Absolutely, but seven pins stood up, and I just unbelievable. It's just a fun match. Yeah, those are the best. Win or lose, those are the those are the matches I feel like you want to come back for. Like that's what keeps you uh, engaged in the game of those one pin matches. But I mean, what a, what a hell of a finish! I mean, even if you know, he, let's say he throws that extra mark, and you know he gets the six ninety, like you still have to hold your head up high. You punched him with everything you had, you know. And it, those those were two big scores. You know, I was bowling because it was Tuesday night, and I had my league, and people were uh, giving me updates on what the score was as you guys were going. So, so, I mean, I don't know. We're four hours away from Newport and we, you had a bunch of Millis bowlers <laughs> with that, That's with awesome. the video up on the screen, watching you guys go head to head. And it, what a, what a match it was. Awesome. So we do have your trophy. Cause I know that cool. came up in conversation. So it is sitting in my house. Um, <laughs> my daughters keep wondering why they can't touch the trophy. And I keep saying, <laughs> because it's not our trophy and I don't want it to break. <laughs> But uh, we're going to get that delivered up to you at some point. I was trying to see if I could talk you into doing an outrun the bear so I could save me a trip. But uh, Kate I would love me to do the next one, but I can't. It's my wife's yeah. birthday weekend. Let's call yeah, you, know, <laughs> you know, southern Massachusetts is beautiful at the end of August <laughs> if you want to take her for a birthday trip. And then <laughs> yeah. you know, somebody be Maybe babysit your son and, uh, you know, have her go do something and go do something for yourself uh, Sunday morning. Well, well, I'll take you out to a nice dinner. Yeah. We're going yeah. to vacation, that all in sound. Lovely, vacation in the lovely town of Millis. <laughs> yeah. 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 We have great like, hotels oh. in Milford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to plant the seeds. I think it's, I think I'm over two on podcast guests doing out run the bear, but I'm trying over <laughs> three. If you count Jeff little too, you're bad to be over four. No, uh, <laughs> no, you're my third. You're my over three. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, no. And you know, Kate keeps telling me that uh, a family trip up to Maine to deliver the trophy would be beautiful in the fall with the leaves changing. So, <laughs> yeah, but you know, I just from from uh, I wasn't able to, to go there, but uh, on behalf of myself and the rest of the ACC, I did want to say congratulations to winning the whole thing. I know it's not easy to, to run a league that, you know, you ultimately win, but uh, it was a hell of a run. I know you guys didn't have the numbers that the other ones do, but I mean, how you you had a battle through some some bowlers to get there. There was no cakewalk. Absolutely. 
So yeah, I was about to say, like you know, you you guys had sixteen bowlers, but it was sixteen good bowlers. Yeah, oh. Mark and and you know, Carrier ran away with um with the regular season. I mean, on paper, he looked like he could have moonwalked into the finals like uh, with no problem. But you know, yeah. there was Weber, that twenty-five-year-old Mark Weber, who's only been bowling for eight years, competitive for four. You know, it was that's, it was a heck of a run. No, that's 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 crazy. Just. To, to to get you know that good so quick, yeah. Any like any reason? Just you think you just tuned in? Do you think any other sports you played just kind of fed into that, or just? I think I just I don't like to be bad at something. I just keep doing it until I get reasonably well at it. Yeah. And I I, I still don't look at myself as like a good bolo. I mean, there's so much I can improve on, like my head. I can walk on my head all the time, and I want to like I want to walk on my ball speed, slow it down just enough, so I can get maybe a little more pin action. Or like I I, I, Daly seems to do a fine job with the speed he's at. Timmy Douglas. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, have you been clocked? I I think I was clocked at forty five. By okay, Bob. so you're right up there with those guys. Yep. My arm would detach from my shoulder. <laughs> I don't. But it's it's not like I try to force it at no, 45. No, no, no. It's natural. My my body does not allow me to do that. <laughs> I can't even understand how it goes that fast. I've tried just for like you know messing around on the lanes. After I can't, I can't wrap my head around how it's going that fast. But I mean, I I get it. I mean, not that Josh is like tall, like he's not like super tall or anything, but I feel like he's got long arms, I guess, if that makes any like sort of yep. sense. Cause, cause like, you know, you look at like Peter Flynn, you know, videos, videos of him, he's a tall, skinny dude, yeah. huge backswing, but he like super long arms. And like he hummed it in there. Absolutely. Well, I think that's our Timmy Douglas, right? Yeah. But there's, I, I think it's a lot of momentum too. Yeah, like yeah, longer steps you take, the more momentum you build, and right, I shortened I mean, everything. I mean, when I was 20, 20 years old, I used to take the whole approach. Now I use three feet of it. <laughs> yeah, the I have a very. You had to be like seventeen steps, huh? I said the whole approach for you must have been like seventeen steps, dude. You, I mean, you've seen it, like <laughs> my like video. It's just like, <laughs> I mean, I. It's like anytime I walk in here with Kate, she yells at me, little legs, little legs. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I, and I was a four-step approach guy for a long time, and I shortened everything up. I'm like, in Millis, I'm like at the, almost at the front of the ball return at this point where I used to be yeah. like on the tile. So yeah, that's, no, that's when my knee doesn't dislocate from itself. <laughs> well, that that's the other thing is because I was, you know, I where I had such a longer approach and – so I slid a lot more, you know, I, I would have a bunch of knee problems, but I mean, I still do every so often, but I mean, shortening my approach has helped so much. Yeah. I, I have a Mark, relative learn that. short approach, actually. Very short approach. You're young, so you have time before you, uh, you have these <laughs> injuries. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys, did you catch any... Did you have any bowling shows up there? I mean, I know Maine had bowling shows, but I don't know if they were like available to you at all, like while you were into the sport at all. 
I don't, not that I can recall. Not at all. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought Maine had a show yeah, we, like, back, like way back. It might have back before my like time. Two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a youngin. <laughs> Sorry, he doesn't remember bowling shows from the seventies as well as you do. Timmy <laughs> would tell me these stories about Jolly Mylan and all these other great bowlers and just a man. Just be able to go back and watch them someday would be astounding. Yeah, I believe there's some. You, of them you know, that's there. one of the things too that I. Um, I was going to say one of the reasons we started doing these podcasts was because like you just said, you know, how great it would have been to see some of these guys bowl that you might not have got the opportunity to. And, you know, luckily there's still some of that on YouTube and, you know, a lot of people have been great getting that out there. But, you know, we thought about that when we started doing the podcast is how many stories are just lost forever because nobody, you know, we didn't get a podcast with any of these people and no interviews. And it's like, we want to capture as many of these stories as possible while we can. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, I keep saying it, but like, imagine the stories like, like you brought up Charlie or, you know, our Charlie down here, Charlie Jutras. Imagine the stories those guys have of when they came up, not the end, but like when they were young, who, who did they look up to? Mm. You know? Yeah, no. And I'm, obviously there's probably no way of getting them, but I mean, you know, the, the channel five show started in you know the late fifties. But I would yeah. I would love to see some of those old shows from like the sixties when like you know Fran Honorado was you know tearing places apart and you know things like that just to like to see some of the scores. Um yeah. But but yeah, I mean unfortunately I don't think there's any there's no way to get those. I mean those tapes are long gone. Yeah. Unfortunately. But um yeah, so usually I finish up with, you know, who was a guy that you like to, to like, watch way back, you know, growing up or whatever. But since you're so new to it, I would say, who are some of your favorites to watch now? He's still growing up. It's fine. <laughs> oh, man. I definitely love to watch Carrier. I'd, I'd rather watch him than bowl against him. So. <laughs> I think most people would. <laughs> yeah, but I love that sometimes Carrier. makes you better, though. Oh, Absolutely. Timmy's always fun to watch. He's Tim Matero. He's awesome. He's okay. These main guys stick <laughs> together. You notice that? I do. <laughs> I see. I don't. I don't know many bowlers at a mass. Like, I, I. I feel like I'm truly like an underdog in this game. <laughs> so you know, we had we had Jeff on the last podcast, and it basically was a game of what hasn't this guy already won. But since you're still new to the game and you do have the Pro Series title and um, what are some things that you look at, especially as a young bowler? I, I hate even calling you an up-and-coming bowler because I think you've already established yourself as one of the guys at this point, um, whether you want to admit it or not. What are some things on your bucket list that you want to scratch off um, before you uh, hang up? Long time from now, but before you hang up those that bowling bag. I'd like to be able to win a world's team title with a team that I want to win with. Not just get on any team, but get on a team and clash with them and win it, you know? Um, I really don't know. More pro series titles, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever Hopefully bowl Easter? I did bowl Easter. I've bowled it twice. I'd love to win that, but that's a that's a tough one. No doubt about I it. I can't imagine. 
I, I still I'm stand by. I'm thinking about it this year. I, I think the hardest part is that break in the middle. Yeah. I After last year's Easter, I don't know if I'll ever bowl it again. I've never, see, I've never done it in the 25 years I've been competitive bowling. I've never done it. I got to try it at least once before I hang them up. My very first year bowling, and I went 23.97, I want to say. And then last year, I went like 2,084. <laughs> like, holy cow. I suck. I, mean, I guess it's all on how how uh, Lita's going that day, I guess. Because, I mean, Lita's been tough the, the last few years. I haven't been there. I don't think I was really there much this past year. But I know the year before, it was it was tough. Yeah. So I think I was just bad that day too. <laughs> that could be too. <laughs> I just I was not good. I think I'd be happy to average a hundred just to just to do it for twenty strings because I feel I don't think I could physically throw anywhere near the same ball strings. I don't know fourteen through twenty as I did the first fourteen. I, I mean, I would take the next day off because I, I feel like I probably would not be able to get out of bed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. people do it. It's like, you know, I look at, you know, and I know I talk about it too much, but I look at tournaments like out on the bear where, yeah, you got to bowl sometimes 11, 12 strings. But when you're doing that, you're only bowling that many if you're bowling good because you have to be continuously not, you know, advancing to the next round. But I just bowled a 10 stringer at spare time. And the guy next to me had asked me the question. They said, you know, I've never bowled a 10 stringer before. What's it like? And I said, well, if you're bowling well, it's great. And if you're not bowling well, it's just a slow, painful torture. And that's got to be, I don't even think it's multiplied by two. I think it's got to be like, I can't even exponentially say worse for a 20 stringer, because if you're bad for 10, then it's 11, then 12. Then like, <laughs> and there's no, there's no getting out of it. And unless you just walk out, you know, and I, I, I think after seven strings at spare time, because I did not bowl well, someone said, how you bowling? And I said, uh, if it wasn't frowned upon, I'd go home. <laughs> <laughs> if it was like chess where you could just resign, like you look at the position and go, you know what? I've been beat. I'm resigning. I think I would have done that uh, at the 10 string. I think I would have looked down and said, you know what? Thank you very much for having me. Great event. I'm going to start. I'm going to beat the traffic. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you're, you're you're not wrong. I mean, I've I've had ten stringers where I've you know I've bowled okay, where it's not so bad. Yeah. You're bowling average, but then there's days you're bowling really really well, and then there's days where you're bowling really really bad, and you just you're just waiting to hit the bar after. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I could not wait to get out of there, and it's and it's nothing against the tournament of the house. I just didn't have it. Yeah, and you know, Mark, I'm sure you you felt that way when you went 2084. Like, at what point did you just go, "I want to go"? Did that's that "I want to go home" song start hitting in your head? Well, I bowled 136 my very first string, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I can." Yeah, I got this. I might have a decent day. Then I went like 86, 92. I was like, "Holy cow! What what the hell just happened?" Yeah. I mean, I know when you have at that point seventeen more strings to go, you you got a part of your brain is going, okay, I can get out of this. Like I got plenty of room to go. And then, but at a certain point, you got to go. Yeah, no, this today's not my day. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I, I, just, mean, I if, can't. And if you're in for the long haul, you just gotta <laughs> sit back and just enjoy. I guess the people around you and just just try to have fun. Oh, absolutely. Just let it happen. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, just it is what it is. It's not your day, and you know, let's let's try to make the best of it. I think I think we have to adopt resigning, like I said, like chess, where you could just go, you know what, I'm all set. Thank you very much for your time. No, like throwing stuff out the building and knocking trash cans over, but <laughs> you man, did I want to go home. Or... You, you uh, no, I knew. I you, you, There's a scoreboard. I mean, like I said, I mean, the first time I made Comcast, I was ready to walk out the door and because I was 216 for two shooting for one spot because Jack Ray had like a 740 and I ended up going 430 in my last three. So like, you never know. Like, yeah, we're not talking. Yeah. What was the day that you were at spare time? And I, I, I love the, the line where uh, I know we talked about it on the last podcast, but you said, I'm in second place. Surrett's in first. And I said, uh, do you have a shot at first? And you said, well, if I throw 124 and he goes home, I got a shot. <laughs> 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 yeah but um so yeah we're we're right about at that time and just want to thank you mark for coming on the show and just say you know despite what you say you are a, you are an established bowler you absolutely you've you're already on a world's team you've got a pro series title there's some great bowlers out there that don't have a world uh, pro series title or at all yeah, so you're 25 you, you, and you have a good resume yeah so well, you're you. you're uh you're there and have so much room to get better and i i keep saying that you know i consider myself a much smarter bowler now than as i get older so i mean you have all those years ahead of you to learn more and you know so like the sky's the limit in my opinion yeah and and it sounds like you're surrounding yourself with those people that that can make get you to that next level, um, if there even was one for you. I think uh, you you brought up the headspace and you know bowling smarter. Um, you're you're around the right guys. Absolutely. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 